Hey Packer Nation, I'm Jeff Randall and this is coming to you at UK Packers. Now, are you alright? Yeah. No more rocket balls, please. Well, I was chained up. No, I know. I know. Hello and welcome to the UK Packer Podcast with your host, Steedy the NFL. Got a very special treat for all Pack fans today. I sat down earlier with Jeff Reinbold to talk all things Jeff Reinbold and also get his take on what he thought about the Packers last season and what he thinks they can do in the season coming. So enjoy. You're from South Bend, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> big football place? There's a, few, there's a little college team there that uh, goes by the name of the Fighting Irish, actually, and uh, they play some pretty good football. Yeah, Notre Dame. I grew up in, in South Bend. My mother actually was the director of housing at Notre Dame for 30 years and you know as a kid uh, actually sold programs at the stadium um, and then you'd sell your program at least I would I'd sell my programs as fast as I could and then uh, and then sneak into the stadium and watch the games and I got to see some pretty good football games over the course of years and I actually grew up not a Notre Dame fan I was kind of a Notre Dame hater I loved USC and really yeah Michigan and some of the teams, Michigan State, those were the great games. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame, but Notre Dame just has so much history. And I went back there this spring to see my parents. And it's amazing now that athletic facility that they have is, yeah. is second to none. And is that where you think it all started for you, Jeff? Did you know so early when you were selling programs that football was something that you always wanted to be involved in? Or is it just a normal American kid thing? You're into your sports? Well, I, I think it's probably a normal American kid thing, except for me, it was it was kind of my own deal because my dad was in professional baseball. And so we grew up bouncing around from dugout to dugout. And, and uh, no matter what I did as a player in baseball, it was always I was you know, Jim's kid. And then when I started to have some success as a football player, as a young kid, then it was, you know, I was kind of my own guy. And I suppose nickel and dime psychology would tell you that that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed the game. But I, and I tell you what, I enjoyed every aspect of football. I enjoyed practice. I enjoyed the weightlifting. I enjoyed the preparation, physical contact, all of it. And so, you know, it just was kind of the natural way I went in, in my career. Yeah, because, I mean, it's interesting, right, that over here in Ireland, uh, we have, you probably know, maybe if you're into uh, soccer, we have Roy Keane. He was one of the most famous players for Manchester United, played for Ireland. He's a really sort of volatile, visceral guy, unbelievable player. But when he tried to make the change over to coaching, he just didn't have the temperament to be able to deal with it. Like, so you say you were a good player. Did you feel that, you know, your switch over to coaching was an easy one or was it a really steep learning curve? Well, it was. It's always a steep learning curve because you know until you until you really cross over and and uh, you know coach for the first time. It's, it's it's coaching is completely different than playing in a lot of ways. Now it's the same game and all that, but you know I, I got great advice very young in my career, and one of those one of that some of that advice was uh, just you know just keep your mouth shut and learn as much as you can learn, and then along the way I got touched by guys that uh, you know hall of fame guys that you know really helped really helped teach me basically how to how to do this and you know people like dick vermeil and you know mouse davis and yeah you know all those guys have been such incredibly important in my in my growth and development as a coach and and uh, so you know i i'm really more probably more fortunate than good 
Yeah, because you were quite young, weren't you? You were only 24 when you became quarterback and wide receiver coach in Western Montana. Were you mm -hmm. actually uh, coaching guys that were very similar in age to you? Did you get sort of people going, oh, what do you know? Yeah, that's that actually happened twice in my career. When I when I first came to college football, I was coaching guys that were not much younger than me. And, yeah. and um, then when I came to pro football, I was actually coaching some guys that were older than me. Yeah. And I remember, again, like I said, going out on the field for the first time, and I was nervous to you know, step on the pro field and, and uh, uh, coaching guys that were, you know, all, all, all pro players. And, and uh, the guy that I was working for at the time just pulled me aside and said, Jeff, just remember, they want all, they they want to get better. They want to make sure that they can keep, the, you know, get to their next paycheck, which is, you know, important in pro football. And, and they don't, they don't care about too much other than if you can, if you can help them get better, don't ever try and, BS them because they see they can see through that in an instant and you know it was again just like I said I, I've just really been blessed along the way to have great mentors and great people that influenced my career and you say I've read a few interviews and obviously listened to most of your stuff and you say that sort of later in life you started to mellow but you did look like a hellraiser when you were younger you had the blonde hair you had the earring in and do you think that you've changed were you a bit of a hellraiser Harley riding sort of coach at the start and you've sort of calmed down a bit now well, I don't know. You know, I, yesterday we had a preseason game, and a couple of my returners made me take a, <laughs> take a walk in my path because yeah. they they got me. Uh, but you know, I think you you obviously you mellow with age. You you, you um, I think you become more understanding as you get older, as you go through more experiences. And you know, I've always loved life. I've loved everything about life. And and um, um, I think a, uh, maybe a turning point somewhat was when I, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was coaching at, at SMU in 2010 yeah. and that you know that diagnosis really changes you because you realize how important every day is and, and yeah. you don't take things for granted and I don't know if I ever really I mean I always attacked life like it was the last day I was living but yeah I think I have a, a greater appreciation for it now no, that really comes across, Jeff, because that's one thing that people always say about you. I've tweeted on Twitter a few times that you could read out the phone book and I'd still find it fascinating because you have this natural sort of energy about you. It, did you have that before the diagnosis? Were you always kind of a positive guy or is it just that diagnosis that kind of flipped life on its head and you thought, you know, we just have to grab it here? No, you know, I, I think that's always been the way I've, I've, I've lived my life. And, and uh, you know, again, how, what, what, created that I can't tell you it's just um, I, I just every day is a, is a is an opportunity to learn and to grow and to share ideas you know yesterday we played a preseason game and this is one of the reasons why I love what I do so much yeah. and as we're walking out on the tunnel through the tunnel to get out on the field there's two guys standing there in uh, in NFL jerseys on and yeah they both are from Scotland, and they <laughs> both uh, were are fans of you know Sky Sports and the, and the podcast that we do. And they they were visiting in they were visiting in Canada on holiday and came out to the game and made a made an effort to to get down by the by the tunnel so I could say hello to him. And it was awesome because he realized that the game, this great game that we're involved in, really is a bridge, you know, over miles and over people and over. You know, geographics and countries and all that stuff it's just the love of the game and those guys were so excited to yeah. be down there and it was cool it was a really enjoyable experience 
And do you think you're very pro-Europe, Jeff, because you were part of the Rhine fire, you were in NFL Europe, you know, you were their head of uh, international player development, so you're very enveloped in it. Do you think that people don't understand how we feel over here because you have the exposure, but some of the Americans that you would be dealing with don't? Well, I, you know, I think that's changing a little bit now because of the success of the Wembley Games and, and uh, you know, the international series, which they tried here in Canada, actually. You know, they tr- also tried to do it in Buffalo, and it was it was really kind of a failure here. They, they did it for three or four years and then pulled the plug on it. And But I think what, the, what, what comes across now on the television here and, you know, in everything that we do at Sky is that not only is it, a passionate fan base over there. It's a very knowledgeable fan base and getting getting more knowledgeable all the time. Like with what you guys do is an opportunity for fans to, you know, be be involved in the game, whether you're a Packer fan or not a Packer fan, you you're involved in the game all year long. And you know, the the it's been so much fun to watch it grow because when I first came over, you know, it was it was a struggle. And I remember the first time I came to Ireland and, and uh, I was the, the head football coach at Trinity University asked me to come over and I spent some time in Dublin and, and it was just a phenomenal experience and we had a practice we held a practice yeah and it was amazing that we had kids from Belfast we had kids from all over the place that came just for that opportunity to to practice together yeah and I, that's that that's why it's got such a big part of my heart I really love it I think it's it's, it's so fantastic to watch it grow and and to realize where it's come and you know and again now you know, you're playing college games in, in Ireland and, yeah. and you know I, I don't I don't think it's going to be very many years now until we have a, a UK team and, and I think that's awesome yeah because that's what I was going to say I mean I'm wondering is because you have more insight in it than we do because at the UK Packers we just focus on the Packers and I know it's sort of it's an opinion here that if there was an international if there was a London team yeah, we'd support the venture, but we wouldn't support the team. So we'd still be diehard Packer fans. There's guys in the group who have the Green Bay Packer logo tattooed on their arm, you know, <laughs> on other parts of their body. We won't go into it. So do you think that it will be a success? Do you think that we can actually sustain uh, one team? Or is it just a novelty factor of seeing these big names like Tom Brady and Jamal Charles all coming over here? No, I think I think now I think we've proven that with with three three games a year, and I think we're headed towards five. And you know, you're almost at a whole NFL schedule right now. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be real important that um, you know that that they're sensitive to the fact that you know there are some loyalties that have developed over time that are not going to change. If you're a Packer fan, you're not going to become a fan of whatever team whatever team is in London. Uh, instantaneously you may you may grow into that somewhat but yeah i think you're going to always hold on to those loyalties and you know packer fans are incredible they are you know everybody talks about how well the cowboys travel but you know you watch there are cheeseheads in every stadium around the national football league and even some canadian football league we'll see on occasion and uh, they you know you love the the packers are such a unique thing you know they're they're a community-owned team. There is no Jerry Jones. There is no Robert Kraft. There yeah. is no, you know, Mr. Khan. They're they're held. They're owned by the, by the people and, the tradition and the history and the uniform and just the mystique of, Lambeau Field and I mean it's an it's an amazing thing. I have a young kid that, that uh, 
Chris Banjo, who I recruited when I was at, when I was at Hawaii, and then we 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 had he was committed to come to us, and then we went to SMU, and he changed you know we brought him to SMU, and he's now the special teams captain up there, and you know he, he talks about it. He, he says, Jeff, you, you can't understand in how how that community and how that Packer Nation loves their football. And we love guys like Chris Banjo. He's such a character. He's been around for forever, it seems like. That brings us, Jeff, then to to the Packers. I mean, last season was a bit of a disaster. Uh, I think all of us over here, we've listened to your Inside the Huddle podcast. Like, what what was the main things that went wrong? Because you sort of pointed out the press man coverage issue with Eddie Lacey, the running back. Was it just really sort of, you know, five things coming together at once? And can it be fixed this season, do you think, easily? I think it's kind of a perfect storm, you know, in terms of, issues they had injury issues on the offensive line that yeah. was a major concern so now they couldn't protect in who i the guy that i think is the best quarterback in the league yeah and then you know the issues outside where they couldn't get off of press coverage and i think we talked about this on the show when you're in pro football if you don't do something well if you have a problem with something you're going to get it every week until yeah. you get it fixed or you get a new guy and so not only were they struggling at tackle and, and guard, uh, they couldn't get off a of press. They put too much pressure on the quarterback to make plays. Eddie Lacy, I think, you know, and, and you know, they addressed it in the offseason. Mike McCarthy addressed it in, you know, very publicly in the offseason. Yeah. He wasn't in shape. He was not the, the back that they need him to be. And so all of those things contributed. And then I still think on defense they're – they're a player or two shy. They, I, I like their secondary a great deal. Um, I think Pepper still has a lot of game, but they got to find a way to get Clay Matthews back outside because that's where he is the best in the league. Yeah. And do you think, Jeff, then in the draft that we address that because, you know, Kenny Clark's going to come in probably uh, day one, starting nose tackle. Uh, you know, we're obviously red two, Jason Spriggs, but he's in the offensive line. But then they have the guy, Kyler Fackrell. He looks fairly lively, and they're sort of saying that maybe now they'll move Clay to the outside and Kyler Fackrell to the inside. Is that possible to start a rookie, you know, day one and to expect him to make that impact? Well, you know, in, in Dom's scheme, it's it's pretty complex scheme. But, you yeah. know, these kids now, you know, coming out of college, they, they have all of OTAs. They have all of mini camp. They have, you know, the whole training camp. So, yeah, it's possible that that can happen. And I think it's really important for the Packers because, you know, they're a Super Bowl caliber team when they're healthy. And, you know, it looks like Lacey has gone away this offseason and gotten serious about his conditioning. Um, you know, their, their, their offensive linemen have uh, – Everything that I hear, and again, I have some insight there. Everything that I hear is that they have gone away with a real, genuine purpose this offseason, both coaches and players, to uh, to come back and really you know, right the ship, if you will. That was a very, very jagged kill for for Packer Nation last year, the way that they played at the end. So, I think they recognize that they they have a Super Bowl caliber team. The window is very short and it's you know they've got the best quarterback in the league right now and and uh you know with with you know some luck and you got to have some luck in the league because you got to stay healthy i think they can be banging on the door and and for a super bowl and then i'd love to get your sort of last year coaching perspective on a guy like jeff janis we see that he sort of pulled all the tricks out of the bag you know when they went into the playoffs but you know, it's, he's always he's always been criticised that Jeff Janis he can't run his routes properly. He cuts them short. He doesn't finish them. 
and Aaron Rodgers apparently has a bit of a trust issue with him. Then in OTAs, this story came out that Aaron Rodgers' first throw in OTA was meant to be for Jeff Janis. He ran an incorrect route and it got intercepted. Is, do you think that's a, a player like Jeff Janis? He's got explosive speed, massive potential, but can some players just not make that step up in the pro game and they're always that big volatile? Well, you know, you hit on something that's really important, and whether it's you know, Rodgers or Brady or any of the guys that really are playing in offenses where that timing and that trust between a receiver and a quarterback is so important. You know, it's one thing to have the physical ability to play in the National Football League. It's another thing to have the attention to detail and the, the, um, you know, the intelligence and all of those other factors that you can't measure with a stopwatch to play in the National Football League. And I think you look at over... You know, in offenses like what the Packers run and what the Patriots run, there have been numerous guys that have the physical potential to be able to, you know, be good players in the league, but just never can seem to discipline themselves or discipline their habits or whatever to, to, to do that. I and mean, there's nothing more frustrating for a quarterback than a guy who doesn't make himself available, who isn't at the proper depth, who, you know, doesn't make the right read it does you know that's really frustrating for a quarterback because obviously it's it's your success rate goes way down if you're not all on the same page and realistically then jeff and i know it's it's too early and barring injuries do you think that the packers will definitely make the playoffs potentially make the conference game and be in the super bowl well i think you know you got to look at that division i think when you when you look at the division and and there's so many intense rivalries in that division you yeah. know um obviously the bear game is huge 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 and and uh, you know so the bears i think are getting better i think they're still a ways away yet uh, minnesota is probably going to go into the into the year as along with the packers as the two favorites in that yeah. division and then you know, with Matthew Stafford and, and the players that they have, Detroit's always a tough, you know, a tough match. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think if the Packers, again, this is if they can stay healthy yeah. and they have to stay healthy, then I think they can, you know, certainly win that division. And, and you know, it's it made that, that division because it's it kind of, they cannibalize each other, I guess, a little bit. You know, it's hard to get a second team out of that division you know, as a wild card team. So I think uh, the Packers can win it. I think, you know, it's going to come down to a lot of things that, you know, are, are born out over the season. You know, are you, can, can you be healthy? Can your young players develop fast enough? Again, that we talked about the linebacker situation. Is, is that going to work out where you can put clay outside and he can really, you know, play to the level that he's able to play because he when when you have Matthews and Peppers on the outside it's really tough on offenses and um, you know again I think that's going to be a critical thing for them and their special teams their special teams have gotten better um, but that's you know we we can go back to a couple years of playoffs and remember what a what a disaster that was and and you got to play well you got to kick the ball well and you got to cover well and you know I think I think Ron Zook who I'm had spent some time with we, we were in Arizona working out kickers together and, and uh, you know he's been a good addition to that coaching staff I think he's given that the special teams a kind of a a little bit more fire than they had previously and, and you know that's that's one third of the game so I, I you look at the Packers team and I think the Packers are poised to have a great season I you know I was really impressed with even Aaron Rodgers in this offseason I don't know if you guys saw this but <laughs> 
he's uh, sworn off dairy products. And, yeah, the Tom Brady diet. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's that's that again shows you just how serious those guys are about you know rectifying the situation. Teddy Thompson, who I know and and is an SMU grad, so you know he was around us quite a bit. You know when we were at SMU, and I got the chance to visit with him and know him a little bit. He, he's done an amazing job there. They have their Packers have a formula that works for them. It doesn't work for every team, but it works for them. They're gonna they're not a big free agency team. They're gonna kind of raise their own and grow their own, and they and they get you know they get a lot of play out of guys like Chris Banjo, who you know had two other opportunities and, and couldn't make it and you know uh, you know has been a really good player for them Tremont Williams who I coached in college is another guy free agent that they brought in and had a great career in, in Green Bay they seem to be able to find those kinds of guys yeah and then they recruit to a profile a guy that can you know the guy kind of fits in what they do that's what we call them Packer people he always seems to find people that you know in the lower rounds of the draft as well that people are like oh why they drafted him he doesn't fit but they all just seem to click no controversial characters very mellow because let's face it there's not a whole lot to do in Green Bay if you're a bit of a hellraiser I don't think Jeff Reinbold would do too well sitting in Green Bay for the year <laughs> no, no beaches you can surf on and but uh, so that's the future for the Packers Jeff what about the future for for Jeff Reinbold are you going to stick to the coaching because you're so good at the broadcasting are you going to make a switch now I, you know what? It's interesting. I, I've I've had people come to me and ask me to do that, and yeah. you know, I don't know. It's it's it may come down to that at some point, but I think right now, um, I know that that uh, I enjoy doing both. I, I truly, truly love coming to Europe. I, I actually look forward to it very much. And um, if if I was going to do broadcasting full time, it would it would be in. London it would be in really I would not I would not do here I, I just I, I can I I really believe that that there's a it, you're part of a, something that's way bigger than you when you when you work in in what we do at Sky and what we do in NFL UK and what we do at the podcast because I think it, it's almost like you're part of uh, a mission to grow the game and the game's been so good to me i mean it's given me so much and so many opportunities and opportunity to meet so many people and do things and go places and it's it would be really selfish not to give back and so again in in every interaction that we have and every podcast that we do and every you know show that we put on the air what we're trying to do is hopefully just get one more person to you know fall in love with this greatest game you certainly do that jeff thanks very much for your time i know you only said you had 20 minutes we're hitting nearly 25 now <laughs> that's all right anytime we'll do it anytime and and uh, you know like i say to the packer nation just keep believing because i, I really truly believe this is going to be a great year for the packers that's brilliant and uh, jeff you wouldn't mind signing us off the way you do at the inside the huddle would you <laughs> <laughs> no problem hey, i'm sitting in a coffee shop now these people in here are gonna probably think i'm out of my mind <laughs> Aloha. Aloha.